activated by temperance spirits, temperance spirits, creating a space for change. Well, 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 well. That was a game, I guess. And now it's over. <laughs> Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton, activated by Temperance Spirits. I'm your boy, Avery Lewis McDougall. The Oilers fall 4-1 to one tonight on the road in Philadelphia in a game that was, I know it's only four games in, probably the most frustrating game of the year so far for Oilers fans. Didn't get enough on Carter Hart. Turnovers hurt them in massive ways. And you know what? We'll get into all of that here on Game Over Edmonton. And like always, please hit me up with your comments, questions, concerns, complaints. If you have any at all towards me, hopefully not. <laughs> As we get started here on Game Over Edmonton tonight to recap this affair. But also, I want to, we, have, we have a little bit of copy to get through. A nice ad read for our people at Temperance Spirits. I'm drinking a Edna, Edna um, a mule from Edna's. It's got, I guess, whiskey extract, even though it's not alcoholic. Ginger, lime, and of course, this year, Game Over Edmonton is pleased to announce Temperance Spirits as our sponsor this year. Temperance creates a vast selection of local craft and non-alcoholic options. Choose from a selection of beers, wines, mocktails, and spirits. We believe that social lifestyle does not require the consumption of alcohol. So, to celebrate Sober October, please enjoy 10% off some of our favorite beverages. Let's raise a toast to being sober this October. Find Temperance online at www.temperance-spirits.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Temperance Spirits. All right, let's crack this open. I tried one before, it's not too bad. Oh, there you go. Whew. Cheers. We can at least enjoy a nice cold drink while discussing this game tonight. Mmm. The ginger, the lime. Thank you, Temperance Spirits. Refreshing beverage while staying sober. So, <laughs> the game tonight. To quote Cody Rhodes, what do you want to talk about? Oh my gosh. After a dominant win in which Edmonton beats Nashville. 6-1, a very impressive game in which we see Leon Dreisaitl once again go supernova against the Predators in Nashville. I think many of us expected a similar output or at least a similar effort against Nashville tonight, and that didn't happen. That did not happen. This team looked flat from the jump. This team looked flat from the opening period. Defensively, they looked lost. We saw that 2-1 goal to open things up. And we saw this team just not get off on the right foot from the opening face-off. It's unfortunate. We saw a 2-1 goal. Vincent Dearnay, unfortunately, looked lost on that sequence, which was set up by a turnover. And we'll get to those in a minute here. A turnover in the neutral zone turned into a great 2-1 chance. That Bobby, that Bobby Brink and Joel Fabry finish off 1-0 Edmonton. 
And from just that point on, it felt like nothing could go right for the Oilers, no matter what was going on. And yes, that that sequence you saw the turnover. Yes, it was a bad sequence from guys like Fogle and and Dearnay. But as a collective, tonight this Oilers team wasn't good. As a collective, this team was not good, no matter who it was, really. Although I give credit to Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman scores in front of the net. Because, of course, because where else is Zach Hyman going to score but beyond five feet in front of the net? I love seeing Zach get to those gritty areas and make things happen. That truly is his trademark. And, of course, I see here in the chat, we got all the usuals here. Ready to talk in the chat. <laughs> Mickinator, MGD, David, the usuals. And you know what? It's this is a game you can't you can't really you gotta be honest with it. There were so few positives outside of Zach Hyman's goal, goal tonight that really, what more do you want to say about that? It was one positive, but that's the thing now. Edmonton now goes back home to play Winnipeg. Then you go on the road again, you play Minnesota. Yeah, um, the Rangers coming in on the on the Hall of Fame night. And then the Heritage Classic against Calgary. You have, coming up very quickly, very important games against teams in the Western Conference. Minnesota, Calgary, Winnipeg. These are games you've got to find a way to get a po- at, at least one point off of. At least one point. And again, you know, yes, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to Scream, the world is falling down. It's all over after just four or five games. But the effort has to improve. You need to see tangible improvement as the season continues. And so far, start the year, oh, it's a little bit concerning. We're seeing defensively this team struggle once again to play a zone. That's not a good sign. It really is not. And yeah, MGD. It's a good point, MGD. Edmonton has never really played well against John Tortorella coach teams. For some reason, like Tortorella, for quite a while, has always been able to neutralize the Edmonton Oilers, no matter what era it's been, with few exceptions. No matter if it's when Tortorella coached in, in Tampa, in New York, Columbus, Vancouver, and now Philadelphia. Tortorella has always been a guy who coaches well against Emptoller teams, no matter if it's the McDavid era, no matter going back to the early 2000s, especially during the decade of darkness. He was able to handle the Emptoller quite well as a bench boss. <laughs> I do want to point out, though, I mentioned on Twitter, how John Tortorella, no blazer. He's done a few times where he's worn a team, uh, team jacket over his dress pants. It's like, huh, interesting. Only coach in the league right now to every so often say, no, I'm not going to wear a blazer. So, interesting. And again, just as a collective, not a good effort. We saw the forward units not have a ton go their way. Not a great night for McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane, Nugent Hopkins, really anybody in this forward unit. Defensively, it was a Bad night for Vincent Dayarnay and Evan Bouchard. Unfortunately, Evan Bouchard was a minus three tonight. And I'm very hard, I'm very high on Evan Bouchard. I've spoken before about his abilities on the power play, what he can do offensively, what he can do defensively, but tonight was not a great night for him. And again, also 
Matisse Ekholm took a couple of penalties. Not a great night for him as well. There are so few positives to take out of this game. Like, if I cannot, I can imagine when this team gets back to Edmonton, the film session that's going to be happening with Jay Woodcroft and company, oof. I'm just thinking, that film session is not going to be a fun night. That is not, or a fun afternoon, sorry. That morning, getting back to the rink to prep for Winnipeg and watching what went wrong in the neutral zone, the countless turnovers, the tough play defensively in their own zone. And we also saw the power play as well tonight was not clicking. They gave up a shorthanded goal in this game. And, uh, and on special teams, Philadelphia on the special teams, Philly is not a good special teams club so far this year. They're not a great team on special teams, but yet the Flyers get a shorthanded goal to make this a 3-1 game. You know it's not your night. You know it is not your night when you're on the power play. Nothing is going your way. But really, this is a game in which, you know, you got to say, end of the day, you got to watch, watch the film, really. Watch the film, learn from it, move on, on to Winnipeg. You can't dwell too much on this, but you got to pay attention to what happened in this game and say we, there are certain things we cannot mistake once again. Uh, you know, I mean, Mick, Carter Hart, he's a decent goalie, but <laughs> against Edmonton tonight, he looked like he was the best winner against Edmonton tonight. And that's the thing. Edmonton at times, they are, they're a team at times when things don't go their way. They make okay goalies look like Jacques Plante. That's a bad thing sometimes with the Oilers. We've seen that before in this franchise history. That's not a good thing. It really is not. And... I am liking the fact that, yeah, the, <laughs> the chat tonight is active. The chat tonight is full of people who are bamboozled. They feel baffled. They're not sure what happened exactly. I don't blame them. I don't blame people for feeling like they wanted more because there should have been more from this team. After this team went into Nashville and looked like, yes, they're figuring things out. Yes. Things are starting to click. It's a giant wet fart to after that game in Nashville where almost everything worked or there were so many so many positives. I won't say it was a perfect game, but a lot went right against Nashville. This was a giant deflating effort. Hello, mate. Oh, thank you for the compliment. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, Carter Hart. Like, yeah, Carter Hart is a good goaltender. He he did help out Philly um, last year, but tonight it looked as if he was a Hall of Famer tonight against the Oilers. And now, and again, yes, this wasn't a great night uh, for Jack Campbell. It wasn't a great night collectively, but I think again we're gonna see that rotation. And we mentioned this before on Game Over against um, Nashville. Mike and myself mentioned this, how it's good. we're going to see that split in net a bit more because neither Jack or Stewart have pulled away quite yet to be the number one goaltender. So I'm fully expecting that split to continue until someone pulls away and really commands the crease. So I'm expecting, I said it before, I said it last show, we're probably most likely going to get, unless Jay surprises us, we're going to get Stewart Skinner in net against Winnipeg on Hockey Night in Canada 
and I would imagine against I'd imagine against um, Minnesota, Jack Campbell, Rangers, Stewart, and I prop I Heritage Classic, Heritage Classic. If the split's still going on, prop maybe Cam like Heritage Classic against Calgary. I'm I I gotta admit the Calgary game. I'm not sure which way the split goes. I'm not sure if that game goes to Skinner or Campbell. But we'll see how things go, I guess, um, after the games in, against Winnipeg and against the Wild and against the Rangers. Because I don't see a split lasting for too, too, too much longer. But I think for the next three games at least, yeah, it's going to be swapping um, depending on who goes in net. But yeah, oh, Mick, yes. I think Mick, yeah, we do see... We do see Skinner uh, next game, and then that rotation continues. But I think, yeah, they will be they will be the split until Calgary. And I'm ex I'm expecting personally, can, um, Jay Woodcroft and company to decide what the plan is going forward to um, going forward to play against Calgary at Commonwealth Stadium. And that's the game in which I know not the game in which I know it's the Heritage Classic, the the theatrics, the pomp and circumstance. And for the record, I put on Twitter, I'll be covering that game for the Hockey News with Caleb Kearney, my colleague from Hockey News. So I'll be down there. It'll be my first outdoor game as a media member, first game ever. So if you see me down at Commonwealth Stadium, come say hi. I don't bite. It will be very fun to come to meet some of our SDPN listeners at the Heritage Classic Commonwealth. Hopefully it's not too cold, but I'll be around at that game um, covering it. It'll be fun that whole week. It's going to be a blast. You know, we'll talk about that more um, next week. We'll get into that stuff more next week because it'll, be, it'll be fun to hang out and cover that game. But anyway, back to tonight. And yeah, I got to say, we saw we saw a couple of scares in this game tonight as well. We saw, it was mentioned earlier in the chat, Connor McDavid and Evander Kane collide. McDavid um, was hobbling a little bit, coming off the ice. Right now, it appears he's okay, but thank goodness, that was not worse. Seeing Kane and McDavid collide, that was a tough situation to see for a game that was just not a, not a game good situation. <laughs> MGD, I hope you go as well, too. That will be very fun to see. So, get a chance to meet you in person. And then uh, Dylan Holloway. Dylan Holloway blocked a shot. Looked shaken as well, too. So... Seeing it was a rough night on the um, bumps and bruises side of things for Dylan Holloway and Connor McDavid tonight in this game. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, the Lions, I do think we might see a change for the Lions again. I don't think, I don't think Jay is content with what he's getting right now. I really don't think he's content with what he's seeing right now. And it's tough. It's tough because... There's no consistency after four games. I'm not sure what to make of this team right now. Because there's no consistency in any element right now that you would expect from a team that's supposed to be a cup contender. So they go in now to Winnipeg. Sorry, they go into the game against Winnipeg at home. One and three. Not the end of the world, but not the start you were expecting. I think when most of us saw this season come out, the schedule come out, I think at worst, most probably would have said at worst, two and two, 
or two or two one and one. I don't think people saw this team come out of the gate at one and three over <laughs> the first four games of the season. I doubt that. I highly doubt that this team would come out this badly and just struggle to score. That's the big thing. Is that that's the big thing too? Is that outside of the second Calgary game, sorry, second Vancouver game and Nashville game, scoring has vanished. The scoring hasn't really been a thing in the first four games. That's not a not a good sign. If you want to go to the advanced, uh, the advanced stats tonight, Edmonton with 13 high-danger chances on all aspects. Uh, the Flyers with 14 high-danger chances. Philly with 30 scoring chances. Edmonton with 24. So, I mean, the, the advanced stats aren't weren't that bad, but... It's matter just a matter of finishing off your chances with Edmonton. High danger chances, according to Natural Statric, for 14-13. Edmonton got their chances in tight, but just couldn't beat Carter Hart. They just couldn't beat Carter Hart. That's a, a tough thing as well for the Oilers. Fenwick number in favor of Fenwick number. We're in favor of Philadelphia. The Corsi, the Corsi were in favor of Edmonton. 52% Corsi for Edmonton in all, all situations. So again. When you break things down by the numbers, it wasn't a horrific night when you dig deeper into the stats. It was just a matter of couldn't finish, couldn't capitalize on power plays and turnovers in the neutral zone. Couldn't really get too much coming across the neutral zone. And Philadelphia just had things ready. And we talk about Philadelphia. This is a year in which the Flyers are rebuilding. Philadelphia is a rebuilding hockey club. They're not supposed to be or not going to be a team that is supposed to really threaten it for anything in the Eastern Conference just quite yet. I mean, maybe in two or three years? Or maybe this is the year in which somehow the rebuild gets up a little bit more by a couple of seasons or two. But this was not a great game. No, not a great team for Edmonton to really, to really struggle against. And I saw, and I've been seeing online again, uh, just the fourth line, and someone who I someone who I want to give a chance to, someone I want to see more from, is I know the fourth line. It's uh, I've seen online, Adam Ernie at times just getting crushed. Adam Ernie at times has just been uh, getting crushed for what he's doing in the fourth line. Again, the fourth line isn't that big of an issue, but you oof. He got crushed, but again, this was a collective in which I did not see much from a team that had to be better in so many aspects. And Fremonton, the penalty kill, that's something that has to be addressed. The penalty kill this year has come out and not looked good. It has not looked good at uh, 5-1-4, 5-1-3, and a top team like Edmonton is going to have to figure out what to do on the penalty kill. It is not looking great right now. It really is not. As we see the chat's talking about more. And yeah, it's... So far, I haven't seen a ton. I've not seen a ton so far making mentions from uh, Connor Brown. Again, I'm going to give Connor Brown a bit, uh, a little bit of time coming back, from, coming back from the knee injury and getting adjusted to life in Edmonton. But Evander Kane... Evander Kane is someone who has, has, they need more from Kane. And really, Edmonton needs more 
They need more from guys not named McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hopkins, Hyman. They need more from elsewhere. Oh, boy. That fourth goal. Wow, see? See, my company, my own headquarters. Headquarters came in in the chat from SDPNHQ to, to, to rile up masses. To rile up the Game Over Edmonton audience. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. SDPN. I'm not sure who's... Um, I'm not sure who's the admin tonight from SDPNHQ, but someone tonight from SDPN came into the chat, decided to light some dynamite in here and leave. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yes. No, we've got we've gotten into the fact tonight was not Bush's best night of the season. But yeah, I <laughs> MVD already impressed that memory. MGD already repressed that memory. That is funny. That is funny. Oh, oh, you know what? I'm pretty sure I'm getting messages right now from our game over group. Oh yeah, you know what? I will. I will say the identity of the person trolling from headquarters. I will let that person have a calm night, so you don't have to go to that person. I'll I'll show them mercy. For who came in here trolling? They're, they they'll say they'll say safe this time. This time, only this one time. Next time we're dropping names in here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, back to the production from players not named uh, the uh, McDavid, Drysidle, uh, Hyman, Hopkins. It was mentioned. It was mentioned before Vander Kane and. When Evander came, when Evander Kane first came to Edmonton, you gotta give him credit. When he first came here, his offense was what this team needed. His offense was helping Edmonton. His offense was helping this team that was struggling. Because we saw, we did see in 21-2022, in the final days of the Tippett era, how this team needed something. And of course, we would, we, would have, we, would have, we would have to get into everything around that and everything would happen. But point being, point being, of course, we know was a deal that made people happy. But from an on-ice perspective, and rightfully so, on-ice, it, it helped the team. Now, a year and a half later, Kane's offense has dried up. And it's not what his team needs right now. His team needs him to get going. This team needs him to set things up when he's playing in a top six role. And he'll take and he will say it himself. Evander will say it himself that he's gotta be better. He has to step up. In four games, he only has one point, one assist. Not the start you need right now from a guy like that who is a big cog in Edmonton's top six right now. It's not what you need right now. And after after four games, Drysdale leads the team in scoring seven points. Nuge six points. Hyman six points. Hyman six points. McDavid six points. Bouchard four points. So Evan Bouchard, I'll give Evan Bouchard a lot of credit. He's got not the best night, but Evan Bouchard has four points in four games. I like that. Evan Bouchard 
is the highest scoring D-man on this roster so far. And again, we talk about what Evan Bouchard could do. Evan Bouchard could possibly could be an 80-point D-man this year. He's still finding ways to get on the score sheet. So I am happy to see Evan Bouchard still finding ways to do that. That's positive. I'll give him Bouchard for his start to the season. And we remember. We remember the questions around Bouchard. Like, oh, can he replace Tyson Berry? Can he do what Berry does? He's done it. He has done that. The concerns over Bouchard were overblown. They really, really were, I think. <clears throat> they really were overblown, so... And now and more people are coming in the chat right now. Hey. And yes, thank you, MGD. Yes, if you like the content, please hit that like button. Subscribe to the SDPN YouTube channel. Uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies, share. And again, it isn't just me. It isn't just me you should be supporting. You should be supporting Zach and Dennis and all of our Game Over hosts all across the country. We got hosts. In all seven markets, you should be enjoying them, supporting them. Because, hey, we're one big happy group that loves coming here night after night, giving you a release to talk hockey, to enjoy what's happened, what's gone on, what's gone forward, win or lose. We want to be that place for you here on SDPN to vent, to enjoy the sports, and get some things off your chest. That's what we want. So anyway, we'll um, we'll start to wind things down here on Game Over Edmonton. And before we wind things down, let's open things up to the full press conference. Hit me up, questions, comments. Let's go. Let's rock. What do you got? What do you got for me? What do you got for me? Comments, thoughts, ideas, innovations. Let's go. I'm ready. I think. As we wind things down here on game over Edmonton. So the next, the next two games, I will not be here, but our boys, Zach and Dennis, they're going to guide you through our next couple of games after the Oilers take on the Jets and the Minnesota Wild. But yeah, again, it's always fun when Zach and Dennis come on here. As much as we all enjoy when Edmonton wins, I think we all can admit it, it is a bit funny when when there's a loss and Zach gets fired up. The passion, the passion from Zach and Dennis, win or lose, but after a loss, it's it's enjoyable. It's not boring. And that's what you want in a post-game show. You want information and you want to be entertained while you're watching. You want to enjoy the content you're consuming. All right. Press conference time. Here we go. Who do we see called up first from Baker Street? Ooh, that's a great one. That's a great question, MGD. First, first call up. I I think the first call up is last. I think it's Raphael Lavoie. I think he is that first guy called up. I mean, we, everybody, everybody, wanted to, everybody wanted him to make the roster. Everybody wanted him to make the team. People wanted him to make the, make the camp, break camp with the big club. Look good in the preseason. I thought he made this team. I thought he had a spot here in this roster. It didn't happen. But I do think Raphael Lavoie is that first guy who gets called up when the time calls to come to Edmonton. 
But I do think other names who are going to be in line for call-ups, I do think there's a chance you, after Lavoie, or if not Lavoie, I think James Hamblin. I think James Hamblin is another name you should expect to possibly get a look at being called up. I liked what Hamblin brought last year to the roster. I think, I think he's got a future in this organization in the coming years here, or maybe later this year. I love what James Hamblin brought a smaller player on this roster. Mm. Eric, that's a good point, Eric. That's a Eric Tanner. I think the reason Ernie is catching so much slack is because is because um, he'd be at Lavoie. That's a good point, Eric. That's a good point. The amount of flag that Ernie is taking, I, I agree with that. I think it is because he'd be at Lavoie. And I'm no, I have nothing against I have nothing against uh, Adam Ernie. I, you know, okay guy, okay, yeah, fine dude, okay player. But yeah, I think if he I think if he didn't beat out Raphael Lavoie to an extent, it might be a, the talk might be a little bit different. But yeah, people want to see Lavoie get that last spot. So I think in the fan base, some were a bit upset that Ernie is here instead of Lavoie um, coming out of the coming in to start the season. Zach, Empton roster isn't complete. Is the move a top nine score or for a D-man? Ooh. That's... If they do... If they do make another move... Ah, that's a tough call right now. That's a tough question right now. I really don't see a trade happening anytime soon. I don't think Holland wants to mess with roster right now as much as you get a sense, you get a, you get a slight sense that this team needs more. I just don't see a trade happening anytime soon right now. I do think Edmonton works through the early issues. Maybe maybe someone gets called up, but I don't quite see just yet a trade happening. Not until may, if this team still struggling, if this team is still struggling by say game twenty five, game thirty, possibly yes. I think there's a move made if this team is struggling to stay in the top three of the division or struggling to stay in a wild card spot. Well, actually, well, if they're in a wild card spot, that's a bad sign. If they're in a wild card spot by the midway point, that's a really bad sign for this hockey club. But <laughs> as it stands right now, I don't see a trade happening. But if I had to, uh, if I had to say a trade was happening, I would say for help more, I would say help more on the blue line than forward core. I think the forwards can do enough to mask some of the issues, so I don't see a trade for anyone on the, on the, on the forward core. But I think it would be a deal to get some help on the back end if they do feel inclined to make that move. But I just don't think Holland's going to pull that trigger just yet. But if there was a, a deal to be had, I think it would be for the back end help than opposed to a to oppose anything up front in the forward core. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I I just don't I just don't see Holland Mick as being a guy who's going to really make that deal. Just seeing just seeing Ken Holland. Ken Holland is not it Ken Holland isn't the most aggressive GM we've known for a very long time. Holland isn't that guy who will constantly make those kind of midseason deals. It's unfortunate. But and and, and you're right. This is supposed to be, this is supposed to be Edmonton's cup or bust year. This is the year where this team has to get to a cup final. This is the year where this team has to, but I'm not panicking. 
That's correct. Yes, Mick. Yes, this is Holland's last year. And just being in the room, just what just what it sounds like, just indications from what I'm hearing, and just from how it looks in the room, and just how um, Holland talks and how Jeff Jackson talks, it does sound like more than likely this is going to be Holland's last year. Can't confirm it, but just seeing the approach and just hearing the language, just hearing how certain things are, it would be very surprising to see Ken Holland back for a 24-25. I mean, my money, I'll admit, I when this, when this offseason began, I really thought the next GM of the Oilers was going to be Steve Stales. And I think more people thought the same thing too. A few of us really thought that when Holland stepped away, it was going to be Steve Steyos as the next GM of his franchise come 2024. Not the case. He's now in Ottawa as the, as the Poho, which is good for Steve. Smart man, really, really good guy. He's worked his way up from the OHL to the NHL and super nice guy. Really respectful of what my work. I wish, I wish him all the best in Ottawa. Love Steve. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens because next year sounds like it's going to be a new GM and that'll be a major hire for Jeff Jackson to bring in his person to be the GM. <laughs> Never forget what Ottawa took from us. Hit his beef. Eric Tanner beefing with the Ottawa Senators for taking Steve Steos. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, seeing um, just seeing how Jeff Jackson talks, being around Jeff Jackson, I don't think it'll be uh, an old boys club GM. I really think the next GM of this hockey club will be someone much more forward thinking, much more progressive, and probably someone we don't expect. I don't think it'll be an expected name as next GM. I don't think it'll be a recycled GM, or if it is a recycled GM, it's going to be someone who is newer to the front office role in the hockey world. It's not going to be a guy who we've seen around the game, I don't think, for the past 30 years. It's going to be someone with some fresh ideas. I mean, we saw Jeff Jackson. There's an analytics staff now. There's proper analytics staff in Edmonton. That's Jeff Jackson. So <laughs> there's going to be a progressive GM taking over next year, from what it, from what it sounds like and how it looks with Jeff Jackson, which is... Great. It's a great thing. It is a great thing. So, again, Edmonton loses 4-1 to the Flyers in a game in which you needed to see a bit more jump out of the gate. It didn't happen, but there's going to have to be a bit more against Winnipeg. Like I mentioned, off the top, big games in the Western Conference coming up against Minnesota, against Winnipeg. And again, your first divisional game. Your first divisional game... Sorry, second divisional game. Sorry, third divisional game. First against Calgary. Coming up, Heritage Classic. It's only October, yes, but you've got to find a way to win as many games as you can. As you can inside your own division. So, Calgary, Edmonton, going to be a big game at the Heritage Classic. Anyways, we wrap things up here on Game Over Edmonton. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll see you all back here again on Saturday night. The boys, Zach and Dennis, are going to handle things on Saturday night after the Oilers take on Winnipeg. It's going to be a fun game, as always. Those boys 
hold things down and have a blast. I'm back again later in later. I'm back again. What am I back again? I'm back again. November. November, you'll see me again talking with all you guys. Anyways, enjoy your evening. I'm Avery. And like always, follow the SDPN accounts. Follow us. Good content. And you can find me on Twitter at Avery. Well, Twitter. So, oh, sorry. On X.com. Yuck. At, at Avery. At A-V-R-Y. Anyways, enjoy your night. Stay safe.